Welcome to Fragmented, a software developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better developers. My name's Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. Hey, folks. So in this episode, we're going to do something a little different. One of my good friends uh, and I happened to be chatting over dinner once, and he told me about this really interesting project that he was working on, uh, and it was Android-related. And it has to do more with this concept of enterprise mobile management. And it's been an area where I've always been curious, but I haven't actually sort of worked in it. And so I had a whole bunch of questions and we started, we, yeah, we, we were chatting for quite some time about some of the crazy powerful things that Android devices allow and offer. And so this is just an episode where I had like a conversation with him at my place and we talked about the different things that Android allows and I hope you enjoy it. Don obviously couldn't make this because we are recording very, very late. In this episode, uh, I'm going to introduce my good friend. His name is Prabjot. So welcome to the show, Prabjot. Thank you, Kaushik. Happy to join. All right. So uh, Prabjot, for our listeners, can you tell us a little about yeah what you do, where you work? Uh, so yeah, just tell us a little about yourself. Sure. So I work as a principal software engineer at uh, Salesforce. And currently, my role is... Uh, looking at the architecture, making the application for revenue management and making sure our customers are um, having a solid platform where they can actually manage their revenue technologies. This is why it was like surprising because, I mean, in our circles, I'm usually the only one who does Android development, but you told me that you actually worked on the side project for Android. Uh, and if, yeah, can you just talk to us about this use case that you had and what you specifically did with Android? Sure. So the use, the time when I worked upon the Android project was basically when I was on my paternity leave. It was a very interesting one. So um, a good friend of mine came and said that, okay, we want to develop something. We want to have an automated process where we can install an application that they don't own on the company-owned devices. So he was running with Amazon. He was a partner with Amazon and was running a delivery service program with Amazon. And Amazon has a Flex app. It's not there on the Google Play, and Amazon owns it. So the standard EMM solutions won't install that app because it's, they provide a managed uh, Google Play or they provide a capability that if you own the app, it can be installed through the private Play Store. Okay. But so there's a whole bunch of terms in there. Like Before we even start, I want to like get like right to the definition, right? So the first thing is with Android devices, there's like... Uh, there are specific kinds of devices, right? So there is a device that I own. This is like my personal device, like my phone that I have here, right? So this is my own Android device. There are devices that the company owns and gives you. So like, let's talk about those de uh, definitions. And I mean, even stepping back, you said EMM. So what is EMM? So EMM is uh, Enterprise uh, Mobile Management Solution. So coming to your devices, overall, we can say that there are five different things in Android. Uh, in terms of devices. The very first thing is the personal phone for personal use. Okay, so this is like, yeah, straight up, like if I have my own phone that I use, uh, that's like, yeah, so bring your own device. And it's not even bring your, it's basically your phone, you are the one who's working on it. Okay. So it's as simple as that. The second is bring your own device, which is what we call BYOD. Okay. And that is the phone belongs to you, but you want to install some personal apps or some work apps on it. Aha, uh -huh. okay. And this is interesting because at Instacart, we have the same thing. Like recently with Android, what's happened mm. is 
if you want to use like company services, like say you want to use like a, the Gmail app, like, you know, if I have like an at Instacart address or like at uh, my company at Salesforce or some ad- address, right? I've noticed that with my device, there are times with like it actually partitions it. There's like two kinds of profiles. There's yeah. personal and there's work. Yes. And they're like sandbox. So this this is done like oh, why would somebody do this? For the Google basically save that because it's your device, they want to uh, have a full you to have a full control over your privacy. Got it. Okay. The work will have no visibility or access on your device's personal profile. So they can't really read or see or what you are doing. So if like I have a Gmail app or like a Bitcoin app or something, there's no chance that that information is being exchanged yes. or... Okay, got it. And then comes the realm of company-owned devices. So in company-owned devices, the very first use case we can talk about is company has the device, the com- device is owned by the company, but they are giving it for both personal and work use. Okay, so this is basically the companies. I said, hey, company, I need a device. I don't want to use like a device that I buy with my money. So they say, okay, fine, we'll we'll purchase a device. So they own this device. Is this like a special kind of device? Like, do you have to buy from a, like, or is it any just like any device? But basically, the thing is, the company can say it is owned by them. So this is like software that's installed that basically says, okay, no, 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 it's not any software or anything. Uh-huh. It's basically just that it's owned by them. The company has paid for the device. And that's why they can claim it's their device. So there is nothing that needs to be installed per, as okay. of now. Okay, so there's nothing like fancy about this. No. It can be. And I think this all, one of this is an advantage too, because one of the one of the advantages with the Android ecosystem in general is Android devices, you, you have access to a lot of cheap devices, right? So it yes. could be like $50 devices or $100 or something, yes. right? Like, and you could use this. If you think about them, they're like mini computers with sensors, right? Like, yes. You know, you have like GPS sensors and like altitude, temperature, you have all these things. And for $50, that's, yeah, you can collect that information and actually use that if you care about, right? Absolutely. So the devices, for so the company-owned devices, which are for personal use, you get a little bit more control. The company gets a little bit more control. So things like uh, what you can say, even now the personal data is not going to be visible, but they can set policies like uh, a disallow of certain apps. Say they don't want one app to be installed, like a TikTok or something else. And because the device is owned by the company, they can they are allowed to set those policies, like a little bit more rigorous policies over the phone. Oh my God. Okay. So this, so this is actually what, this is where it got really interesting. The reason I got Prabhjadhan is he told me some things that sounded very scary. Like, you know, the things that you can do and I'm talking scary things. So this might almost be like an advertisement to like why you wouldn't want to ever use, if your company gives you a device, know that there are like some really crazy shady things that can happen. Uh, and we'll obviously get to that because uh, my good friend Prabhjot here, who like is known as a hustler, has like definitely <laughs> done some pretty crazy things. Okay, yeah, so sorry, I'm gonna recap quickly. So we started with okay, there's your own device. This has nothing nothing to do with enterprise management. Mm. I yeah, I use it. Then there is like okay, it is my device, but I want to use uh, some aspects of like the company's mm. stuff. And so this is like the personal work profile division thing. Mm. And okay, what are the-, the the third one is basically company's device. They they are lev- telling you that you can use it for personal use. That next is basically the fully managed device. Okay, this is where we get into scary territory, right? Mm, or not yet? Kind of. <laughs> so the fully managed devices, they are telling, don't use it for personal reasons. So Android gives a lot of capabilities for, for a fully managed device. And these devices are basically intended for work purposes only. And the last type is what they called it, the fully managed dedicated devices. 
these are the devices like for example if we go to the airport and there is a cover there and they say do you pin the app oh this is the case where if you have like a tablet and under a tablet or something you can literally affix it to a frame and then run a kiosk and you have yes. like a running yes okay. and like one or subset of the apps are only what the user can interact with and there can there can be all other apps that are installed and the user won't be able to use any of them so these are the five categories uh, what was the difference between the last two there's like fully managed is the difference just the kiosk mode whereas like a fully managed so you can there are there are a little bit more differences so for example like let's say if it is a dedicated app you then there are policies like uh, uh, what they call it the freeze time that the application the uh, software updates want to happen within this time frame so you get much more control over the phone the notification bar someone you can disable the notification bar wait what yeah <laughs> so you can essentially just disable the no- notification bar yes you can essentially prevent any app updates going os updates i presume or even yes. app updates yes. during certain okay yes. and what kind of device is this the, any device like any android device if oh, it is God. set in the uh, <laughs> dedicated device mode these are the capabilities that the end user or the uh, it admin can put on why so there's two aspects i want to first talk about maybe like the use cases around like when you would use one thing over the other or maybe you just talk about your use case first right like what were you trying to achieve specifically and what solution like did you use fully managed like yeah device owned a company owned device like yeah just talk to me yeah, about so that stuff the use for basically there are two things right if the app if the phone that you are giving is only for work purposes then there are two options either use it for dedicated or use it as a fully managed phone if the phone that you is there is you going to be used for both personal and work purposes then it, you can either it's a company owned phone or a personal phone you can use one of the two options options there for so that is basically the main difference which one to use and when and this basically boils down to the uh, security or and the compliance needs of the company if the comp- if there is some very critical data on and the phone only need to be worked for the work phone so for example let's say um in kaiser or some other medical mm-hmm. there is a hipaa compliance and all those things mm-hmm. and they want that this particular device to be only used for these purposes then you would actually use the fully managed device for the dedicated device mode compared to the say if as an uber driver i want to run the application on my own, own phone then i can use the byod or if uber is giving up the out the phone then it can be the company owned device that can the other people can leverage for personal use uh what was the use case that you were basically aiming at so the use case that i was aiming was a company owned phone where we wanted to have some capabilities that are not coming out of the box to start you are giving devices like you're yes. giving this device to like employees or like whoever yes. like okay so part of the, the company the friend of mine he he runs a company he owns the devices and okay. those devices were only going to be used for the work purposes and can you define what work purposes which means is there like an app that you guys have they, they have like a couple of apps they have like okay. two or three apps they have a e mentor app that they use to they have uh, they have they have android flex app they have adp app like a couple of apps got it but only these apps for the work purposes only ah, okay so your your friend's company had these devices and those specific devices should only allow three or four of these apps to ever be run on those devices and you give it to employees so that they can use it 
in order to achieve whatever the company's Absolutely. work is. Okay, that makes sense. So what solution did you pick then? First, let's talk about what, what the solutions can be. The ways we can achieve this is there are like a couple of options. Originally, Google came up with what we call the uh, Play EMM API. EMM being Enterprise Mobile Management. Yes. This is similar to what some folks call MDM too. Like this is Yeah, so it is still the MDM, but it got little changed after 2017. So this was originally what Google was giving, but now Google is no longer accepting applications for that. Okay, so it isn't deprecated. It's just that Google clearly wants you to change yes. direction. Yes. And what is the replacement that so they're coming out with? In December 2017 uh, or early 2018, Google came up with what they call the Android Management API. Android Management API. Man, these terms, like they're very generic sounding terms. So like, <laughs> but okay, we have, I'm with you so far. Android Management API. And the Android Management API was a game changer because what Google claimed was you can manage devices and you don't need to write code or an Android app to be precise. You don't need to write an Android app on the phone to manage your devices. So actually, maybe let's step back. Uh, previously, you actually had to write an Android app that you would install on those phones? Yes. So, so previously, what used to happen was um, the in the architecture, right? You used to have a management service. Management server, sorry. You have a management server. That, that This is like a web server. Yes, this is right, a web server. And then you have a um, what they call it the device policy client, the DPC that is installed over the phone that gets installed and it talks to the management server and it applies the policies on the management device. But lately, because when Google came up with the Android management API, Google said, you don't need to do it. We mm. There is no app that you need to install on the device. And this is specifically because of the versions that are there for Android devices. It was becoming very tricky for them to even manage it out. Ah, I see, I see. The last I remember, basically, I think Google claimed that it supports over 80 plus devices. I don't know if that changed. Okay. And the basic part is the Android management API that they have, it supports all the four modes that we talked before like byod uh, which is bring your own device company owned you phones for personal fully managed phones and dedicated devices Got it. so all four of them can be managed through android management api and the emm provider does not even need to write a single line of code for them well that's pretty cool okay so that that does really make it easy for Enterprise people who are wanting to use yes. phones. Okay. Okay. The only thing is because it's out of the box, the policy manage can, manager can only do so much. The third way. Well, actually, before we go there, uh, why can't we just end the story there? Why can't we just say, okay, this is all you need? There are limitations here. With every out-of-the-box system, it can do only so much, right? Can you talk about what some of these limitations so, are? Uh, I was giving an example from Amazon, right? Amazon has a Flex app. And uh, my good friend, he wanted to have the phones provisioned. Okay. Uh -huh. And he doesn't own the app. He doesn't own the Amazon Flex app. That is, yes. okay, yes. So he cannot put the app in the private managed Play Store. Amazon has the Flex app. And I presume this is an APK. This is not something yes. that's distributed from the Play Store. No, it is not something that is from the Play Store. It's an APK that, that you can download it from the website. Then you have to go to settings. You have to go to developer mode, enable the developer mode, then install the APK. And the problem that comes is if you enable the developer mode 
basically now the end user can install anything on the phone on android technically even today i could enable developer settings and i do this by doing the whole five taps on settings and at that point i can install apk's it does, i think it gives you a warning or something saying like hey remember so yeah. for what you are talking about is a developer uh, mode correct uh, what i am talking about is install unauthorized apk for unfind apk from the website Ah. So you don't need to go to the developer mode per se, but Amazon will say you go to your settings, then go to security, then turn on the unknown forces. So that mm. is what I'm talking about, the unknown forces. Okay, that's scary. Okay, yeah. That is scary for a uh, enterprise. But there is a use case where you need to install one app. You trust the enterprise. You need to install it for scenarios like those. But you can't. The EMM solution doesn't give that because Android management API doesn't give that because it can say either you. good do the managed play store where you can install the app that you own or you can enable the apps that are already listed on the play store okay so i just pulled out my phone here and i'm trying to see where this option is and it looks like it's at settings apps and notifications there's an advanced menu i'm clicking advanced special app access install unknown apps okay so Okay, got it. D- depending upon the device and the operating system that we have, right? For so the menu can change from one location to another. That makes sense. That makes so sense. So the okay. easiest way I would say is just search it. Yeah, just search for unknown app in the search bar end. This makes sense. So like to provision every single device, you can either go and do all these settings, enable it, install the app, and all, or you can go with what the third option is, which is called the device. owner app and this is the scary territory yes. that we are talking about okay, fine so <laughs> and and there are like other use cases also like for example uh if i need to send the device location every 5 minutes every 2 minutes every minute to the back end i want to register it <laughs> okay so let's talk about that today locations is like a hot topic where it's pretty restrictive and google is doing a very good job now of like restricting it where if i want to send background location information i cannot do this and this is actually how our original conversation spawned like where you started to tell me about these things that you did right mm-hmm. uh, in the background if i wanted to send locations google basically at some point will terminate or they don't even allow you to send unless you have a foreground notification mm-hmm. right so you have to have like if you've used google maps or one of these foreground uh, services you have that notification that saying hey somebody's collecting your location and then you're able to send look your location information even in the background but you're saying that you can actually circumvent this somehow yes okay like the foreground notification i can put whatever i can just put hello uh if if i want to but like if needed i can even stop it the basically there is a thing that is called device owner app mm-hmm. okay let's talk And, about device owner okay. app so the device owner app is only for the devices that are company owned which should not be used for any personal purposes the device owner app basically have a lot of power that is given to the admins they can install an app they can uninstall an app they can see what apps are running currently they can monitor the network traffic no oh boy okay there 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 is some advanced network settings and all they can say which we, uh, we uh, wifi to connect and all they can look at your imei number phone number sim number contact account and that and and there is a service you can just uh, run a service a background service that never dies wait what okay so you you can basically run a service this is like android service object whatever yeah okay yes. but mm-hmm. this is basically an android service you can, there's a perm that is called a device admin service i believe and you can attach it to the device owner app and basically what android says is this is a service that i always need to run in foreground <laughs> okay and 
it, the furwis you can just build it in a way that it never dies user can't kill it and even if it gets killed for some reason the phone will restart it uh, the phone will restart the furwis even if the phone you restart the furwis gets started automatically you can basically listen to every single intent the mm. implicit intent and this is like uh, pretty amazing because uh, like this this enables the app to receive implicit broadcast that can no longer be received by manifest receivers by app targeting like android version o i believe so the recent change that google put in android o that's right? right that's right this can all circumvent that because your app is running in the foreground so you can basically listen to anything so this is like almost okay hey i own this device unlock give me complete control over this yes. device i can yes. send the location i mean obviously there's battery implications is going to like destroy your battery or something in all likelihood but whatever you can but you can also do some of these things saying like hey everyone one r give me a location ping and then yeah the app that uh, i built right i built it in a way it's completely customizable like the on the end user there's a console back end console the end user says okay uh, give me a device location every 5 minutes you can just say a firebase event will push a notification to the phone the phone will then check the policy back to the server and will say okay now i'm going to give a location after 5 minutes is this an app you have to write yes. okay okay so this okay so this is a special kind of app yes so the, the the that is one of the pain points for this for the device owner app is everything that we need to do is we have to code i see okay oh so this goes back to the point you were saying previously where google's trying to make a whole bunch of these things easily but if you want to go into god mode at this point you have to write your own app yes. to be able to do things okay yes. yeah the thing i'm learning from this is like you as my friend if you ever give me an android device i'm never taking that device basically <laughs> talk to me about what the device owner app you built and like you know how you built it like cuz there's some level of back end components in this as well right it doesn't yes. something that you can just right on for how do you distribute it yeah so, let's talk about yeah. that yeah so there is there are like uh, sample codes all over the world okay. all over the internet and we can start from there but uh, basically all it takes is like uh, to make any app a device owner app all it takes is like uh, six lines of code in the manifest five to six lines of code in the manifest most important thing is there is a permission that is called uh, bind device admin so that is what it basically makes it as a device owner app the thing about the device admin is it has to be installed during the phone setup ah i see okay and so that's one of the limitations yeah, that is like and, and that is how they're safeguarding android is actually safeguarding it that which makes sense like i cannot install once the phone is set up i cannot install it needs to be installed as part of the phone setup and uh, for and then uh, you have a bind service and the bind service goes to the device admin receiver and from there on we can do whatever we want to do but this is a permission that we give as part of the uh, manifest file and uh, basically we build up the qr code like the way i defined it if i build up a qr code and uh, as part of the setup you know, on the blue screen or the white screen the very first screen that you see um, that says next on the site not on the next button but on the site tap it like six times and a camera will either install or if the camera of uh, qr app is already installed in the phone okay which comes by default in all the new android devices pre-installed just to back up this is when you are trying to install yes. the google uh, sorry the device, device owner app owner app so, so th- how does it look like so when i like usually when i install like when i'm like wiping my device right google takes you through a bunch of steps like oh go next language blah blah you know wifi and all this in this is this like a custom setup or can you insert at one point so there is an insertion point okay. so the very first screen that you will see which says we are setting up the phone press next correct there click on the empty space six times 
and an camera will open where we can scan the QR code. Oh, I see. And this is all built in. This you don't have to do anything. This is Google's mechanism of setting up a device with uh, of setting up a device on an app on an existing Android device. Yes. Okay. And we scan the QR code. In the QR code, you can pass whatever parameters you want to pass, uh, like enterprise name and all those things. And uh, then there are certain mandatory fields, basically saying that, okay, this is the device owner app. This is the location of the APK. This is my... Ah, this. I see. Okay. So this QR code embeds information that's needed by uh, the phone to understand what how to set these Absolutely. things up. Okay. And then that installs the app. And now the app installs it. App can now go to the internet and can do the rest of the provisioning on its phone. So... In nutshell, we can provision the whole phone with one QR code. Okay, so I have this QR code. I scan this QR code. You do all the provisioning. It installs and it just goes into Android. And at this point, you send like your app will start be started as a foreground service. Essentially, yes. the app that you have claimed to be the device admin uh, device owner, owner app. app. Yes, so you, we can have a service out that runs every in foreground and that fault. You talked about where you have like location pings and all this thing that you needed for as a, uh, as the company owner of the device. This app now holds all that logic where yes. you can start. Yes. Uh, interesting. Okay, that's pretty cool. It sounds like there's also like some interesting things happening in the back end to set this up, right? Yes. So, so there are a couple of options, right? So the 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 way I did it is, uh, we uh, I did it from Oracle Cloud. So this is also something funny you told me. <laughs> I've never heard of that, like as being a solution. But like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. like the Amazon Cloud Front, right? Uh, every cloud, basically, say Microsoft, uh, Amazon, Oracle, etc. They charge you for the network outbound. If I'm holding my APKs and I want people to download them, then there is a network out that is getting correct. There. Correct. So if I have like an S3 or uh, S3 setup or in Azure or like something where I'm hosting an APK, which I obviously want to add some level of authentication to because I don't want to like have it outside. I will be charged for that throughput. Yes, that's yes. how it works. So, okay, that makes yeah. sense. So, and there's a free limit too, right? Yeah, like, they're, they're yeah. like the Amazon gives like the CloudFront gives like 50 GB. Oracle gives 10 TB. 10 GB. 10 TB. 10 TB as in terabytes. Because <laughs> I know Oracle database is really expensive, right? The, so, the, the, the databases are expensive. Like for example, like for my use case, I didn't even put a credit card there. Oh, wow. Okay. So you just have an APK hosted in this place. And not just mine. I can even host like other APKs out there and I can put them on PARF. PARF are basically um, what they call the pre-authenticated request. Okay. So you're probably providing a link. Your QR code has a link which has a PAR code or whatever. So we're not dealing with the whole authentication. Exactly. Thing, but because okay. like at the, this stage, this is just installation of the app, right? If someone else is installing, it's okay. But if I'm, but again, like if you want, we can have another setup where at the, yeah. at the right time the QR codes generate and generate a part that is 13 and, and all. So personally, I didn't want to go to that complexity. Like it, they have a similar solution to what we have in AWS as S3. So there are also buckets. You can put the policies out there and um, it works out there. So that is there for the hosting part. Uh, for the management part, the setup part, right? So when the enterprise is going to come, they are going to sign up on the page that, yes, we want to leverage the service. So as part of the sign-up, there are things, the configuration, like what all policies you want to have on your phones. So we've stored that. This is the part that you're saying that Google makes it easy with the device policy manager stuff. This is like that aspect of what you need to be doing. No, right? no, no. Google, the what Google makes it easy is basically um, managing the device. Like you have a policy, applying the policy on the device. 
Google does not come into the picture of managing or how the policy needs to be written or the user interface and all those things. Those are still handled by the EMMs. Ah. So again, coming back to the setup. So the very first thing the and person is going to come is they're going to create the sign up. Once the sign up is created, they we ask the user, okay, what all policies you want, and those are stored in Dynos. The next thing we do is uh, we, we want to charge the users, so we create a Stripe customer. So Stripe is our payment partner to make sure that no user is actually um, over consuming the APIs to the limit. So as part of the user sign up, we create the user plan, we create the API key for the user in Amazon Gate uh, API Gateway at runtime, and that API key is what we actually add it in the QR code. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So now when the phone goes back to the uh, api it calls back mm-hmm. we know exactly what the user is what are the limits it has and whether it is not overcharging its own limits and all this is almost like identifying the device and like now you're fingerprinting it to the point where like now you can start to enforce all the policies exactly. that you otherwise exactly okay. and since we for what we have done so far is we have fingerprinted the tenant or the which enterprise it is and then from there because we have access to imeis mm. so we basically just can from then on roll to imei because that is not changing so you no longer need like users yeah forget the user credentials at this point you have like fingerprinted the device and we can actually in real time see what all apps are installed what packages are installed each and everything okay so that like connects the story and you said this is serverless like all the stuff is serverless yes, okay we manage nothing like literally for last four or five months i have been charged like 0 dollars well, this is pretty cool i guess yes and like with the serverless pieces like Um, How complicated was that? Was that the serverless? Like AWS was pretty straightforward in my opinion. Oh, like okay. the reason is like we have a the AWS provides the capability to write lambdas in Java, Python, <laughs> that's true, Go, yeah. Node, and all. So like any like yes. the funny language that we know, we can just write the lambdas. They get natively integrated with the API gateway, and API gateway does all the rate limiting, usage management, mm-hmm. and now you have a lambda. From the lambda, you get integrated with the Dynamo. and that takes care of the end to end process and even the qr codes you can just upload it right to the f3 that makes perfect sense okay this is awesome like i learned a lot stuff that i've otherwise probably never have realized because as most android developers and probably a lot of the listeners they're like app con- like app developers as in they build apps that you deploy in the play store very rarely do you have like device management so this is like a good insight that i've got so thanks prabhjot for sharing a lot of this information um any last thoughts uh thanks for hosting me <laughs> <laughs> and i will probably get an android phone for you <laughs> so that's my learning i was like if i mean i know prabhjot well enough where like if he's giving me a gift i'm going to be suspicious but if it's a mobile device now i know exactly why he's giving me an android device so if people wanted to reach out to you do you have like any account or profile that you want to share Sure um they can reach out to me on Twitter and your handle if i remember right is sing prabhjot so that's at sing s i n g h underscore prabhjot p r a b h j o t i'll let me put this in the show notes in case you have uh, difficulty spelling that out but okay i will put that thanks a lot for all the information um uh, and people if prabhjot ever sends you a device don't ever accept that device <laughs> uh Thank you all for listening and I will catch you all in a future episode. Thank you.
That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. You can find more Fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.